0: The Anton Savage Show Sunday. Brought to you by PWC. Combining talent and technology, we're hardwired to find solutions. On News Talk. I am joined now by Maya Dunphy, the one and only Maya Dunphy. Last week, if I remember rightly, uh, Maya Dunphy was on the front page of uh, one of the magazines in the newspapers in the shower.
1: Oh God Oh, God well, obviously
0: i 'm not <laughs> going to pry into it, but what i 'm intrigued by is how they pitched this idea to you. look we 'd like to do a photo shoot, yep, sure, no problem, but it requires you to be in the chair. I,
1: I just I just like it noted from the gecko that I was fully clothed um, and you I can 't
0: tell that from the picture I, I no, should you say it is a head shot
1: you can 't you yeah, it's shoulders up i and i haven 't i haven 't done a huge amount in the public eye for the last while. But um, a face-up to cancer campaign, a new collaboration between three of our big charities, Marie Keating Foundation, um, Breakthrough Cancer Research and Breast Cancer Ireland, got in touch and said, looking for ambassadors. And I never say no. I mean, it's a great cause. But they said, oh, would you do an interview with a, a weekend magazine? And I said, of course I will. Would you do a photo to go with it? And I assumed... Not a fan of photos, so there aren't that many of me. So I assumed it would be the photographers will go to Stephen's Green, sit in the rock, and look a bit sad. <laughs> tilt your head, tilt it more. You know the head tilt. We've all done the sit in a rock head tilt. Um, and then he said, there's a photographer called Nina Val and she does this shower series and she'd like you to do one. And I went, does she now? <laughs> and it's oh. incredible. So the idea is you look like you're standing in the pouring rain. Um, but yeah, they, I don't want to, not sure if I'm allowed to say this to ruin Nina's mystique, but it's in her bathroom in her home. And I was sitting under running water for 45 minutes. And she, I mean, I really trust her. She must have her. a huge immersion. She, yeah, I'd say it's a combi boiler because it stayed nice <laughs> and warm. Mine wouldn't stay that warm for 45 minutes. Um,
0: think well, of the carbon footprint ex- Maya <laughs> oh god
1: it was lukewarm I would say it was maybe at a 28 how did degree.
0: Bobby Kerr get away with that because he did he's part of the same the campaign shower. well no I saw a picture of him and he was just sitting on a rock I looking was, thoughtful they didn't yeah. put him in the shower
1: Well, there was looking thoughtful or there was grinning holding a mobile phone because the idea is you want people to go to -to faceuptocancer.ie you donate your selfie and you become part of the bigger picture, literally. So your selfie becomes part of a mosaic of one of nine portraits of nine um, very special people some of whom we've lost to cancer some of whom have come through cancer and people, uh, researchers, doctors who are doing groundbreaking research. So it's a really brilliant campaign.
0: And of course your personal link to this is the loss of your mum, isn't
1: it? Yes, yeah. Two years ago this month um it's still it's- raw yeah, very, very. And it's a funny thing because my mum had breast cancer 25 years ago and to say she sailed through it would be an understatement. And so we were always part of different campaigns since her breast cancer all those years ago. But there's two there's two ways to be involved with cancer campaigns and I see it now with the ones I'm involved with. There are people who have come through cancer or someone they love has come through cancer and it's very celebratory. Then there's the ones who have lost someone to cancer and it's far more poignant and bittersweet. And I now understand both sides of that. And it's still lovely to be part of a campaign where people are celebrating survival. It's really important to say um, cancer diagnoses are going up, but so are survival rates. We have to stay positive. My mum was, she had pancreatic cancer and it's one of the ones that unfortunately is still, um, you know, it's, it, it, the odds aren't great. But still, I think it's really important to be optimistic. And was it
0: unconnected to the breast cancer? It was coincidence. Do
1: you know what's interesting? I haven't actually told anybody this. I didn't know that they could be connected. And my mum was an only child. Um, she was Spanish and that side of our family the history is either not true the stuff I've been told or it's nebulous at best so and a doctor I was in seeing a doctor about another issue and I mentioned it and he said I'd be happy to refer you for uh, genetic cancer screening and it's quite a big thing I said oh yeah go on I'll do that and I'm quite proactive being a single mum myself I'm very proactive and practical about my health but what well, I went out to, um, it was out in a clinic out in Luke and quite expensive. Luckily, <laughs> my health insurance covered it. But then you're sitting there and you think, gosh, am I looking for problems here? Um, and you have to sit with a counsellor for half an hour first and they talk to you about, look, if we find these genetic anomalies or faults, whatever you want to call them, this is what it could, you know, your chances of a cancer diagnosis are very, very high. Now, I got the results back and they were all fine. Um, but I realised walking out, I was a bit shaky and I thought, gosh, should I? Um, you know, it was. it's a... Um, it's a big thing to do, but an amazing and thing it, to it be has, able to I do. assume
0: it must have a significant impact on your life if you get the the heads up that you do have the genetic predisposition because obviously there are practical things you can do, like get more screening, but it lives in the back of your mind.
1: Yeah, but I think if you are going to be proactive, I think it's probably why the health insurers cover it because it, it will work out better in the long run. So I think, you know, we've heard about the BRCA gene. I think that would increase, I think it's BRCA1 or I think it's one, the breast cancer uh, gene. And it, it will, your chances of breast cancer will be up to like 70, 75%. I mean, that is huge. But then there are preventive measures you can take. There is, I think, Angelina Jolie was very honest about having a double mastectomy. And I think she had hysterectomy, ovaries removed, everything. So there are things, I mean, it's obviously very severe, but things can be done. And also, you have more mammograms, you have more screening, and you keep a close eye on yourself. So it's all very serious, but.
0: Well, well was, uh, one more on the topic that I have to ask you about. Because I follow you on Twitter, one no, of the things. No that you occasionally do is you share pictures of your late mother and you shared one a while ago of your mum and dad I assume in in Spain at either a nightclub or a party (laughs) in the early 70s they are literally the coolest people I have ever seen. I know. My, my aim in life is to be your father.
1: My Not dad. My, yeah. Okay.
0: We <laughs> just, Let me just a go advantage. for a coffee after so
1: we can talk about this. My dad is a very. My dad came from comes from New Ross, but he was so he he got out of Ireland in the sixties, became an auditor and went to Paris. Went round the world. He was in Israel. He was in Beirut. He was in. East Africa. He met my mum in Paris at a party and my mum was living in London then. They commuted back and forth. My mum, my granny had an apartment in Spain. My dad was over there. They zipped around on mopeds and shorts. No, 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 no helmets, no jackets, nothing. And um, they told us they were very sensible. The pictures tell a different story. <laughs> so yeah, there's two pictures. My dad is like Michael Caine, shirt open to the waist. My was in white hot pants. Oh, they so took cool. photographs in nightclubs at that time and then flogged them to you for... How many pesetas on the way out? Oh, the nightclub itself took the pictures? They didn't have a photographer with them.
0: I I, I could have been a friend with an Instagram. No,
1: they used to take (laughs) photographs and then you could buy them.
0: Well, this brings, when we're talking about your upbringing, we have to then go back to the thing that you said directly before we started, which was, I was 39 before I changed a human nappy (laughs) and they only have two hands. It's one of the world's great sentences. This is because it's more difficult to change the nappy of an orangutan.
1: Yes, in a, in, a, in a previous life, I, I, I went to Malaysia to work for two months on a wildlife project, stayed for a year my poor parents. Um, yeah, orangutan, Sepilok in Borneo. So I spent, my heart, a bit of my heart is still there. I'm still in contact with all the people there and some of the orangutans as well. Um, I've been oh, back well, twice. You can't phone the orangutans. Yeah, no, myself and my friend Alice, we set. well, they're, they have social media now. So <laughs> the four hands, you see. So we set up, um, we went to volunteer for a while and we thought, what can we do that's slightly more useful than just sweeping up poo and washing cages? And It was, it was the sanctuaries for orphaned orangutans. Orangutans lost to and um, asked their parents, their mothers too a lot of palm oil palm oil was just beginning then i was like what are all these weird plants palm oil that was 20 years oh, ago also the
0: habitat was getting destroyed yeah,
1: yeah and illegal logging things like that so but why would you put in on the orangutans one? are not pets very important to say but this was in a sanctuary well i
0: don't think there's any any chance of anybody bringing one home here i mean there is no a there is a problem but it's the also really like, you no know, i have pictures army. of
1: me holding orangutan babies and that's not what we should be doing we should be you know, fostering them, fostering the, uh, oh, their life in the wild the and all that. But they were in our care. They were, they're were, they like human babies and they need, when they're very little, they need a lot of care and they need to be there clung on to their mothers for, you know, 24 hours a day. So we would have to bring some of the babies home. They'd be clung on to us and we're living on the equator and it's, you know, 35 degrees at night and it's little, little breathing babies clung to your neck. But anyway, so the little ones, we had to put nappies on them at night and that was a hard job because they do have essentially four hands so you put the nappy and tiny ways so you put the one sticker on one hand comes up a second hand and you go come on and also it's not that unusual to not change a nappy until you have your own kids I don't have nieces or nephews um, no, no, I have sorry, a godson but, but I never changed his nappy so no, yeah, no
0: sorry, I had the, <laughs> the, the bit that I regarded as unusual <laughs> wasn't that you hadn't done the human thing it was the whole four yeah. hands nappy challenge, oh, which was uh, a more it was significant one.
1: magical, magical time. Well, on the orangutans' new motherhood, could take her leave. Frankly, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you describe yourself again on on social media as uh, small boy wrangler because you are uh, mother of of yes uh, Tom. How is all of that getting on? Has the wrangling become easier as he gets older or is it just as, as challenging?
1: He was never he never required much wrangling, to be honest. Um, and he's now turned into a sort of really nice f- flatmate. He's like a middle-aged man. The moment he's into planes, and when I say he's into planes, he is obsessed. He was obsessed. We were, we, should I say, oh yeah, I think about our Instagram. We were invited down to Shannon Airport before Christmas and we got a fantastic tour um, Dan in air traffic control, and Kate and Jonathan and in, in fire service. So, so we were really spoiled, and that's the thing. I mean, I have. I think when you only have one child, sometimes you have a bit of guilt around the lack of siblings. But uh, on the other hand, he is his every whim is indulged. <gasps> but he's great. I, I don't know. He's. he's uh, and how do you handle
0: the? privacy thing? Because I remember uh, uh, seeing when, whenever you would post, you would go out of your way to make sure that his identity was not revealed. Do you? How do you find the balance between discussing him, talking about him, posting about him, and protecting the privacy?
1: I think you've got to be really careful. I mean, I, God, I have such a tiny profile, it's hardly worth mentioning, but at the same time you'd still have slightly more followers than, than somebody else might. But I think for all of us, we've no idea the implications of, of plastering um, social media pictures of our kids so I never and obviously his his dad is very well known in the UK and I wouldn't the second you put a picture in the public domain it can be used in a newspaper in a story about his dad or somebody else Um, I am less not that I'm less careful now sometimes if we're out doing a little video and he says something or his face is just in shot I don't go over the top going oh I'm blurring my child because that's just drawing more attention to it but in general I don't I don't plaster But that's an interesting point that it's sort
0: of you if you if you publish the picture albeit on on relatively private social media if it might be it's then fair game for newspapers and anybody else yeah. at any point into the future. It
1: is. It's public domain and territory. And I, like a lot of the times if you're doing, what did I do? I did the six o'clock show the other week and they said, can we use some photos from your social media? And sometimes nice uh, media outlets will ask first, but they don't, they're they not required to. If you put it up there and your social media is not private, it's public domain. It's like putting it in a newspaper. And I always think things people putting pictures of their kids on Facebook, would you put it in a tabloid newspaper. No, you wouldn't. So why would you put it up there?
0: So henceforth, every article about you will be illustrated with a picture of you in somebody else's shower. That's basically (laughs) what we've worked out for this.
1: I have to say, the photographs worked out quite well. I was quite happy. I was very nervous. And I said to Nina when I left, I texted her and said, I trust you, you're an artist, but I'm worried about looking like a middle-aged, drowned rat. She went, you won't. You won't.
0: What do you do for makeup in a context like that?
1: Um, I Waterproof mascara, but the is rest... Is there such a thing? There is, oh. but the rest pretty much washed off. But it does, the, the constantly flowing water creates a sort of glassy veneer <laughs> until it stops running and then you get the middle-aged round rat. Driving home was interesting.
0: This is the thing, on on talking about privacy, I was interested to read you, I think it might have been in that same article, saying that you had never had a desire to be on TV.
1: Oh, here we go. It's just... It's I know, and people go, yeah, sure. There, there's a common uh, misconception that everyone who works on telly wants to be on camera. That is not true. There's a great satisfaction with writing and producing and seeing something come together, and it can be quite thankless, but it's also great. But I, I
0: yes, but hang on for a minute, Maya. there is there is the easy bit in front of the camera that pays a lot of money, and then there's the difficult, working <laughs> oh laboring God. bit behind I the know. camera that doesn't. Why would you want the second rather than the doesn't,
1: first? Well, because when I stepped from the camera, it was to do documentaries. I was already writing for newspapers. I'd written an article, um, I think it was about the pressure women to have kids. And RT were doing this format farm, one-off documentaries, and asked me, would I do one? I said, I'll write one for someone else. They said, no, it has to be an authored piece. So I wrote it, I exec-produced it, I hosted. it. That's not TV presenting. You know, I look back now, I've hardly any makeup on, I look a bit of a mess. Um, but I made 12 of them then, over a few years. And then it's funny because... Um, going that, so that was going back about eight years was my last one and then once you're seen to be doing well on telly and then something go well you can do whatever you want now do you want a chat show of course I don't I'd be terrible at a chat show Um, so you know when I step step back to doing more writing and producing people often think well is it not going well I think if you've appeared on telly people often think if you're not on telly things aren't going well for you what are you doing now what are you doing now
0: under a bridge currently
1: I'm, I'm applying to Dublin Bus to be a bus driver that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fix it from the inside. It's a big uptake now. They want women to become bus drivers. I passed my driving test last year. I fear Old the, dog, new tricks. So. I
0: fear we've gotten into a difficult area. I know that you Sorry. have a deep-seated, visceral hatred <laughs> for Dublin buses. I don't. Month. You do. I know I you do. You do.
1: I don't. I'm someone who... The ghost
0: bus just gets you angry. In it's a t-
1: just, and now we're talking about t- c- taking <laughs> cars out of the city. And I'm, I agree with all that. If we had a properly functioning public transport system and we don't, but let's not go there. No, I'm not oh, going go to apply to be a bus driver.
0: Is it the <laughs> fact that the public transport system isn't up to scratch that annoys you? Or is it the fact that they predict buses that then don't arrive? If they just predicted the correct arrival times of buses, would you be happy?
1: But there... They're two halves of the same coin, aren't they? It's the same, same issue. I sat outside nice, I Vincent's mind. hospital last week, <laughs> and I had just had a minor procedure, which was not, it was a colonoscopy. And it was not very pleasant. Um, everything was fine. Thanks very much for asking. Oh, I wasn't going to ask. And well. You're meant to get someone to drive you home, and I was like, no, no, I'll be fine. So Why do you have s- to get driven home after a colonoscopy? Sedation, but I didn't have much sedation because I wanted to see it. <laughs> very interesting. So <laughs> I they let you watch. If you want to, yeah, it's on a big screen. Obviously, you can't watch the... No,
0: indeed. But yeah. you, you can watch the TV feed of yes. your, your own elementary oh, canal. Innocent.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's the other way. Which, That's a gastroscopy that goes down that way. I thought
0: your elementary canal was the bottom bit.
1: Is it? It's not I, the top I, I, bit. I'm, well, it's all... It's one Sorry, big...
0: All of which is in the side. It's <laughs> essentially
1: one big tube anyway with the stomach in the middle. So, yes. If, if you go far enough, you'll reach one or the other. Um... <clears throat> Is it not? Anyway, you
0: were standing outside was, at Vincent's hospital, <laughs> slightly sedated, waiting on yes, the bus. Yes,
1: And I, I was Oh, well, I was trying to sit, but there was no no. I was and it said my bus number was coming in of course, there was a bus there, but it was jammed. I'm, oh God, <laughs> I couldn't squeeze on, use my words more carefully. I, and that so I said, I'll wait for the next bus, which is in four minutes. So I sat and waited. Four, three, two, one, due, no bus. And that is enraging.
0: <laughs> I don't understand it. I, cause I, you just want to
1: get home and lie but down. But every time it I'll happens, you.
0: you think, hang on a minute, this had to pass three other stops and not show up. So at some point, the system must be able to go, this bus doesn't exist.
1: Well, it's not. It's not this is the thing I found out. because then, So I had to wait, I think, about 17 minutes for the next one. Not the end of the world, but it's not the point. It was rush hour. Then everyone was cross. It was raining. It was, so I tweeted and went, <laughs> and they said, oh no, your bus arrived at 1707. I go, I was here. It didn't arrive. So please stop telling me that. You were,
0: you were on drugs at the time, I, though.
1: I was mildly sedated. <laughs> I think it was a hint of fentanyl that was it. A whisper. A so, whisper of fentanyl. I wrote a, I wrote a piece for The Independent for Christmas about this. Actually it was last good bit yeah, good before Christmas about that. Just saying, hang on a second. And I asked some bus drivers to DM me privately and saying, Is this fancy LED screen, is it linked to GPS or is it just somebody in an office typing the schedule into it? Because if it's the latter, that's absolute BS. And Because cause Dublin Bus implied that it was all, it's, it's GPS, it makes no sense at all. And like your phone can be connected to anything, surely a bus can.
0: I've never seen you this mad about anything. No, because
1: <laughs> they're trying to make us take public transport and it's not functioning. Anyway, they had to admit that it's the former. And actually, so the little old lady is in the old-fashioned fold-out uh, timetable. It's as effective as the screen. So they are saying that they're going to change it now, but they blamed all sorts of gremlins and in the machine and everything.
0: So is it therefore a combination of Dublin bus and a colonoscopy that has caused you to get your driver's <laughs> licence?
1: <laughs> no, that, 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 that predated that old dog new tricks. Everyone said over 40 you'll never learn. Last May I got it. Why? Delighted. Well, it was when my mum was ill and there was a few family health issues going on at the time, and, and I was going between hospitals and my parents' house, and there were other things going on. And I was frazzled. I think I lost half a stone in ten days. And I was run, like, running. I was getting buses. I was buying, like, spending a fortune on taxis, and you know there were two cars at my parents' house, and I could drive neither of them. And I thought this is ridiculous. But I live in the city centre, and I didn't have a car park space in my apartments. That's why I never got my test. So anyway, I thought I'm going to. No no, 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 no. I
0: don't so. accept, No, I don't accept that. Oh. No, I don't. No, there's oh. a point where you were 16.
1: Oh no, I uh, learned at 17. I learned at set. My dad said, get your test while you're living at home and I didn't. I spent every summer working abroad and then I left home and I didn't, I hadn't sat my test. I was a great driver at 18 and I didn't get back in a car again for, and then 10 years later, my boyfriend at the time put me on his insurance and gave me 10, refresher lessons for Christmas and I did that. Oh, the old and then romantic. we broke up.
0: <laughs> because of that?
1: Yeah, and he took his it's car with, there
0: with <laughs> Here's a Hoover, isn't it?
1: <laughs> and then I didn't go back to it until uh, two years ago.
0: And are you now on the road or have you just got the license? I you or? to
1: Alan in Southside Driving School, a very patient man. <laughs> uh, do you know what I have I wasn't going to uh, I think I could have probably got a a car ambassador role and then everything went wrong in RT and then there was no cars. No, I'm only kidding. Wrecked it Um, for everybody. (laughs) I wasn't going to buy a car. I thought I could use the go cars, things like that, because they're better for the environment. Um, But then my mum had a little Nissan Micra and my dad said, look, we're not going to sell it. So my sister lives in London. So when she comes home, she uses it and then I use it from time to time. So it's a lovely little city car and it reminds me of my mama. So.
0: Well, there you go. If you find yourself stranded at a Dublin bus uh, stop that has lied to you, just DM Maya Dunphy and she'll be around to take you wherever you need to go. Um, the Face Up to Cancer uh, campaign, Maya, if people want to find out more or get involved or anything else, where do they go?
1: Face up to cancer.ie, and you donate your selfie and a small amount of money and you can become part of the bigger picture, literally.
0: The Anton Savage Show. Brought to you by PwC. Sunday mornings from 10. On News Talk.